everyone, and welcome to Meow Mix, the Carolina Panthers podcast. My name is Steven. My name is Jerry. And we are here to discuss the latest in the Carolina Panthers coaching staff. It's coming together. Uh, it's not all together yet, but it is coming together, and there have been some nice surprises. There's been some things. Yeah. In fact, I would say everything that we've hoped would happen, other than getting Fangio, has happened. Would you agree? I would say so we far. got one B <clears throat> in Fangio. I mean, I mean, let's go ahead and call it. I mean, Isiro, I can't say his last e- name. Evero. Evero. That's the easy one. Isiro. <laughs> <laughs> Easier, sorry, I've had a Zero Evero. I, I had a three-year-old that was very feisty. I took a drink. Zero Evero. I, I love the hire, but, I mean, let's be honest. If Vic Vangio didn't come here, this is the type of guy that we yep. wanted. That I thought would get a second head coaching interview here. Because yep. from what I heard, he's very impressive. In person, and his schemes were working. I mean, we'll we'll go into more detail on him here in a few minutes, um, but he was very coveted. He was a mm-hmm. guy that was probably going to go to Minnesota if he didn't get this job. Um, I think the Panthers probably made him one of the highest paid DCs in the league to get him here. Yeah, probably. Uh, yeah, and I think it was and deserved, he, honestly. And not only that, if you look... Maybe he looked at Minnesota's defense yep. and looked at the pieces at Carolina and was like, I've got a young core here that I can really work with, with a Derek Brown, a Brian Burns, you know, a J.C. Horn, you know, Jeremy Chin playing out of position. I can work it <laughs> better at linebacker. Oh, my God. Supposedly dude. that's already back on the table. I hope so. so. I really hope it is. But, I mean, you know, this is the guy that made Patrick Sertain an all-pro this year. Yeah. So I am excited to see what he can do with J.C. Horn, as long as J.C. Horn can stay healthy. Uh, I mean, this could be – he might be one and done here. And, in fact, that wouldn't surprise me if he was one and done here. Just He he was already getting head coaching interviews. Um, and impressive in him. And, and was being impressive, correct. So he could be a one and done coach here. But if he is, you know, the Panthers are going to get – draft compensation next year if he ends up going somewhere else as a head coach uh so this is just a very smart hire all the way around and again we're going to get into some of the uh you know statistics from the denver defense and all that stuff a little later um it's there's some impressive stuff but we do want to talk about a couple of guys that mm-hmm. are staying on the coaching staff that we were really hoping yeah uh, reich would make that happen so go ahead uh, James Camp, an offensive line coach, is staying here. I mean, we're talking about an offensive line that was close to dead last, really making strides last <clears> year. <throat> yes, they got different players, but you could tell, like, Iki Ikwanu was yeah. really getting better as the season progressed. And that's what you want. And I was really hoping we'd stick, have him stick around, and he is. Good on James Camp and good on the Panthers organization. Good on Frank Reich for realizing this guy is good and having him stick around. Yeah, I mean, that I th- that was the biggest one for me, was making sure that he mm-hmm. stayed here because he's another guy that's just extremely well-respected around the league. He would have gotten a job like that. 30 other teams, well, maybe not 30, but 
25 other teams in the league probably would want a guy like James Camp. And so to have him stay around and, you know, uh, this could be our offensive line coach for the next 10 years if things go well, and, right? I mean, and, and that's that's the dream. I yeah. mean, maybe in his dream is, you know, bumping up to offense coordinator and going somewhere else. Maybe. And I, and maybe, yeah. Respectfully, I understand that, but. At least we have a guy right now that can, seems like he can build, improve players mm-hmm. when we haven't, we've struggled in this position before. And another one who's sticking around, Chris Tabor, yep. the special teams coordinator, which we've seen dramatic improvement last year on. Yeah. Minus the return game, which still kind of sucked. But... <laughs> well, you know, they brought in, uh, what's his name that, Played two Andre games for Robbins. us. Andre Roberts played two games for us. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, overall, um, I think the Panthers ended up as a top five special teams based on mm-hmm. certain metrics. So that's a massive improvement from what we've seen in the past. Um, so yeah, those were the two guys, right? Those were the two guys that we brought in last year that you and I were very excited about and who turned out mm-hmm. to be really good hires and they're staying. So I think that's perfect. I mean, everything that they've done so far, you know, I think has been an A plus. Outside of maybe Reich and TBD, <laughs> if he's going to be the A plus or not, but they're surrounding him with the right staff so far. Correct. And that's only going to be a help to him. And everything that Scott Fitterer has said is, it sounds like it's going to be more <clears> of a cohesive type of situation that Matt Rule was not. Right. As Matt Rule, like, I've heard some interviews where Scott Fitter was like, you know, now it's me and Reich discussing players while before it seemed more like Matt Rule had final say. Yeah, and that's I think exactly the year what it was. before last was definitely all yeah. Rule. Yeah. Uh, and that's, I mean, I think that's pretty much confirmed is Matt Rule had final say on pretty much everything. And uh, now seems like Scott Fitterer is going to have final say in personnel, uh, as the GM should, in my opinion. And mm-hmm. it's going to be Reich's job, and Reich's going to have input. Obviously, you know, Fitterer's not going to go out and get somebody that Reich doesn't want. No. Um, but Reich is going to be in charge of the football team, right? The day to day, the schemes, the planning, every and th- things that he should be in charge of. So I think it's going to hey. work really well. I do too. Uh, and what you said, it's Reich is not going to say, <clears throat> I can't work with a running quarterback and Fitterer goes out and drafts a running quarterback. There's there's going to be give and take. They're going to discuss yeah. it. That's a, hypo- a hypothetical, so don't quote me <laughs> on that because, yeah. you know, Frank Reich has actually said, you know, look where the, where the game is going and there's more mobile quarterbacks. So, I mean, he sees it and he yeah. understands it. Yeah, and, and by the way, when I said that everything's been an A-plus except Reich, I'm not saying Reich is not an A-plus. I'm just saying, I don't know if Reich's going to be an A-plus. I hope he is, yeah. uh, but I'm happy with the hire. It just He just wasn't you know, my top choice. He wasn't high on our, our yeah. wish list. Yeah. I mean, but, I, do but I it, understand it? Yes. Sure, but, 100% understand it, and it seems like he was their guy for a while. Um, maybe since he got fired from Indy, honestly. Uh, before we jump into Ishiro, uh, from what I heard is that Steve Wilkes actually 
encouraged this, not not personally, but he said that David Tepper was really gun ho on a young offensive-minded coach, and then when Steve Wilkes kind of rallied the team and he showed the leadership and he was like, mm. he showed David Tepper what a good older, not not older, but, you know, like Experience. a leader yeah. of men type of coach can do, and that's what Frank Wright kind of exhibited in his interview. I can see that, yeah. I mean, Wilkes did an amazing job when he was here. Mm-hmm. Um. So I could I could see that that changing. I think what made mainly changed his mind was Ben Johnson deciding to go back to Detroit because it felt like that might have been the guy. But um, either way, you know we've got Reich and I. Again, I we talked about this. I've talked about this a thousand times. Like whoever they hired, I was going to talk myself into. Oh yeah. Very quickly, and I have already talked myself into Frank Reich. So what they're doing with the rest of the staff just makes it even better. Um, before we get to Ezero, Ezero, uh, Deuce Staley was brought in, mm-hmm. uh, offensive position TBD. It seems like, uh, he could probably be the running backs coach, uh, if they do end up hiring an offensive coordinator here at some point. But, um, he could end up being I mean, the offensive coordinator. I mean, you, you don't know where, what he's going to end up being. I mean, honestly, Deuce Daly on your team is not a bad situation. Not I, at all. I don't think he is going to be the coordinator. I think they would have went ahead and done that. Um, but previous stops, you know, last year he was the he- assistant head coach in Detroit as mm-hmm. well as the running backs coach. And again – Running backs coach in Philadelphia, 2011 to 2020. Yeah. So, I mean, or 2013 was running back coach, sorry. He had two years where he was special teams quality control, which is an interesting hmm. job. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. any well, he... young player that just retires gets that type of job. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, he, he was with Reich in, in uh, Philadelphia for a couple years, I think, so... Mm-hmm. He's familiar with Reich, and seems like he just wanted to be close to home. I think is uh, he's got some family members out here, and um, so you know likes Reich and he wants to be close to home. Seems like a good fit. Uh, we were talking a little before. It seems kind of weird that he joined the team without a real position, but he was probably told, "Hey, it's at least going to be this," and yeah. depending on what else happens, it could be this, right? So yeah, you. You may be the assistant head coach slash running backs coach mm-hmm. and maybe offensive coordinator. We don't know. Yeah. We have a guy in mind. <laughs> it's gonna be, but... Yeah. It's going to be one of those. <laughs> one of those two. Um, so, yeah. But, and that's uh, hypo- hypothetically. Yeah. Neither one of us know in the locker room, which would be really cool if we did. But we right. Yeah. <laughs> he's apparently <laughs> like a no-nonsense kind of guy. So, I think he's going to be a, a really good coach to have on the team because Reich is – uh, a very player-friendly coach, right? So mm-hmm. I could see Deuce Staley kind of being a taskmaster and kind of the yin and the yang uh, for both of those guys. So, I, and not not that not that Reich is a pushover. Not saying that. No, but, no, no. Yeah. I was gonna say you never know. Deuce Staley could be a player's coach too. He just may be a little bit more firm with it. Sure, sure. Person. I'm not saying he's mean or he's like a drill sergeant, but from what I've heard and from what I've read, he's more of a you know, get in your face kind of guy. Uh, 
intense kind of guy. Whereas Reich is more of a laid back kind of guy. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I think that that's a good combination on the offense. So, uh, offensive coordinator, you know, as we mentioned, has not been filled yet. It seems like they might be waiting for the Super Bowl to finish and raid the Eagles staff. Yeah. That's what I'm hearing. I, I'm hearing their QB coach is probably their yeah. preferred choice as offensive coordinator. Yeah, which, not a bad idea, honestly. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to raid some, you're gonna raid a team, raid a team that just went to the Super Bowl, you know? Yeah. Um, but, Evero is the big name, right? He's the, he's the prize Absolutely. so far, I think. I mean... This guy was interviewing for this head coaching job and now has joined the staff. He was in, like you said earlier, Minnesota had him penciled in as their defense coordinator. They loved him. They wanted him. I mean, the yeah. fans were all hyped up to get him. And Carolina kind of came to in late and was like, you want to come here? And he was like, yes. Here, here's a truckload of money. Yeah, we don't know the money. Let's <laughs> not don't. say that, but we no, assume... But... I, I would think, because uh, it seemed pretty, I mean, people were saying it was pretty clear that he was going to go to Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for the Panthers to get him, it would not surprise me if they backed up the Brinks truck. And, and that's fine. Yeah. I am perfectly okay with spending David Tepper's money. Yeah, because spend money a, on it's quality. Right. And that's exactly it. It's a completely night and day from the last regime mm-hmm. where a bunch of no-name college guys came up here. Yeah. You know, they got their we, butts we kicked. Got, a, <laughs> got their butts kicked. We get a high-quality coach who may not be here for long, which <clears> is <throat> fine in my opinion. If he improves and he gets a head coaching gig, great. Good yeah. for you. Yeah. And you're, you know what he's going to do? He's going to probably... Uh, Make another guy below him better that yeah. could take his role. Sean yeah, McDermott did it with yep. Steve Wilkes. Yeah, I think um, one of the things that was attractive to him here, from what I've heard, read again, is the he's going to have the ability to pick his own staff. Which mm-hmm. I don't know if that was going to be the case in Minnesota. I'm, I have no idea, but um, that apparently was very appealing to him, which is good because he's probably going to need to groom somebody. To take over yeah. for him when he does end up leaving, um, and maybe we get a couple years out of him. I hope we do, because I think he's really good. I mean, let's let's just look real quick at some of these stats from the Broncos. Now, I think he was only he was only the defensive coordinator for one year, right? Correct. Um, he he was uh, with the Rams before that, which we'll touch on here in a second. But but the Broncos ahead. defense was like better with him, mm-hmm. and and that was a good defense to begin with. But they've Correct. been, they, and, and this is a defense, by the way, that had injuries like pretty much everywhere all season long. They still ended up 10th in DVOA, in defensive DVOA, uh, 7th in yards allowed per game, which is kind of how you rank defenses, right? So they're the 7th ranked defense. 7th uh, in opponent's points per drive, 2nd in 3rd down success rate. Give me some of that, please. Yes. <laughs> right? <laughs> Uh, seventh in red zone scoring, right? Opponents red zone scoring. Again, we need that. Fourth in defensive three and out percentage. And tied for 14th in takeaways. So, you know, takeaway is kind of average. But everything else, top 10. And that's second and third down success rate. Getting off the field. 
That's mad. That's so huge. And that's something mm-hmm. that we have not had in years. No. Even when our I defense was Snow's, pretty good, it was we were still terrible in third downs. Phil Snow's defense was bend, don't break, we'll do this weird umbrella-style defense. But, yeah, he doesn't do that. Uh, he does run more of a 3-4, like very... Kind of a hybrid, but yeah. It's a hybrid. It's based out of a 3-4, I think. Disguised type of defense where mm-hmm. basically he lines up the quarterback makes a call in the defense. Once the ball is snapped or right before the snaps, adjust again mm-hmm. to go into a different style. I'll be interested to see where a couple players line up in this type of situation where, like, Derek Brown, um, I would have assumed would be a defensive end in a 3-4, and you get a nose tackle. But Shaq was sitting there, Shaq on Twitter, Mm-hmm. said that, no, you line him up at nose tackle, no center can contain him because he's a space eater. He's not... Whoever our nose tackle is next year, if it's this 3-4, which we assume it's going to be under Evro, mm-hmm. it's not going to get fun stats, but he's going to be a linchpin to this style of defense. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see because I don't feel like we... I feel like we need some things, right? We definitely need someone opposite Burns. I, you know, Gross Matos is not that See, type of... Could be Luvu. I was going to say, I think you drop Burns back to the outside linebacker edge rusher with Luvu as the opposite let edge mm-hmm. rusher because Burns has proven that he can actually play coverage well as much as we don't want him <laughs> playing. <laughs> but then yeah. you can... I mean, I think you, you, have, you have Chin out there is what I was thinking. See, where do you fit Chin in? Because does he slide down into that 3-4 middle linebacker role? Or no. do you slide him? I think he plays the spot that you're talking about Burns playing. And I think you have So where Burns. would you put Burns? So who's your outside linebackers? Chin and Luvu, right? Then you're going to put... Burns on the line, which I don't know. That's what thing. That's what I'm saying. Like I don't know that we have the personnel right now to make this all work. I uh, think I and, think and Burns it's very, he- very... It, it's very heavy on safeties and secondary too, and we definitely mm-hmm. need more there. Secondary help. Yeah, yeah. definitely safety because <clears throat> Chin is not the guy. I think you could slide down Chin into the inside linebacker or even outside linebacker, depending on which. Luvu fits better, mm-hmm. and then you run the three four with, Sh- you know, Shaq, uh, Luvu, Chen, and Burns as your linebackers up front. You're gonna go Derek Brown, Etor, who's a bigger defensive end, and I, maybe you sh- go ahead and shoot Derek Brown to the end and put Bravey on Roy, or you have to go get well, another. Big I saw end. someone saying McCall. Put McCall at nose tackle because he's huge. Uh, there you go. You know, um, but again, that doesn't seem right either, right? So, <laughs> you know, in terms of having, uh, it, it's, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think there needs to be some tweaks. Uh, I saw I saw a mock draft where we drafted a corner in the second round. You know, so I think I people are that. people are seeing people are seeing that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I need to sit down and look at it because I'm not super familiar with the positions on the three four defense. 
This is why Jerry is the, he's the, uh, the, what am I trying to say? You're, you're good with, you're good with the formations, right? I'm not good with the formations. Okay. Well, hypothetically, look at Hassan Ray. Look what he, because look at Philadelphia. They Mm -hmm. run a very similar scheme to what Evero does. I mean, it's a 3-4 style, and basically he is now running that outside linebacker position where he, I think he had, what, 14, 15 sacks this year? Yeah, he was great. All pro? Yep. So, I mean, you're basically going to try to get Brian Burns to be doing that. Okay. That makes sense, then. I mean... Would it have been awesome to have already Hassan Reddick on this stat on this roster? And then I was thinking about that earlier. That? I was like, man, we that, just we I let mean, him go for nothing, and yeah, you know, we. I, I I'm curious to see if they did they really try to re-sign him, and he just wanted to go to Philadelphia, or did they just not pony up? I, I don't. I, I don't think know. they didn't pony up. You might be right, but. I, I'm very curious. Uh, Jordan Rodrigue, uh, currently the Los Angeles Rams beat writer, former of the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was on WFNC earlier today talking about how Derek Brown is actually a huge piece into his defense because in the Rams, they have Aaron Donald. Mm-hmm. And you can make Aaron Donald do a lot of things because – a, Aaron Donald's probably the best player in the NFL position regardless. Yeah. For a long time. And they said Derek, he, she said Derek Brown could be a linchpin because he has that ability in him and is starting to grow into that, that he could start moving him around like he did Aaron Donald to really <laughs> maximize the players on the defense. That would be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to see. I mean, I, I, I think that Luvu could be like a double-digit sack guy in this type of defense. Oh, I do too. Burns could have Reddick numbers. Should probably have Reddick numbers next year, right? I I, I think 13, 14 sacks is a yeah. very realistic thing with Burns yeah. this year. I mean, could he set the franchise record for sacks? He kind of came close this year. Yeah. And with nobody opposite him. <laughs> Really, I mean, the whole season. I mean, Casper's over there was getting more sacks. Yeah. I mean, so we 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 had an argue, uh, not an argument, but an issue with the fact that on third down and long, Burns and Luvu, your best two pass rushers, were dropping back constantly, yeah. and no one was getting after them. Yeah, I mean that was a massive problem, and Evero he likes getting after the quarterback, so that's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch, right? Absolutely. It's going to be a, a I, nice change. This whole season, I feel like, is just going to be such a breath of fresh air. It really is. But, yeah, the 3-4 really is predicated on getting after the quarterback and your corners having to stay up, which, I mean, a lot of 4-3s are predicated on that, too. I mm-hmm. mean, that's, that's how you win. I mean, that's the, the name of the game, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Pretty much. But I feel better with him at the helm than I would, like, Holcomb, or even Snow, who, yeah. again, was very, we're going to give you this, but we're not going to let you get that type yeah. of guy. And I'm really <clears throat> appreciative of the disguise style mm-hmm. defense. Maybe that's just because I do look at formations and seeing what's, 
put, hey, this one-on-one, you may be able to get DJ Moore, and then all of a sudden it flips over, and, you know, it's not what you thought. Yeah. And Evero, like, he seems like kind of a young guy, but he's got 15 years coaching mm-hmm. experience. Like, he's very well experienced. He's 42. Yeah. I mean... I, For coaching, gosh, I feel, that feels kind of young, but, you know, he's not, like, fresh on the block. Like, he's not a brand-new guy he's not no you know he's not in his 30s he's got some experience frank reich 17 years Deuce staley 12 years camp in 19 chris Tabor 14 it's a lot of years right it, it feels like uh david tepper realized some of his yeah. issues with <laughs> matt roll and are going the complete opposite instead of but i mean evero's 42 years old i mean that is, that's <clears throat> young in coach speak i mean it's young on as, this staff. As someone who's a little bit younger by a year, I am. I agree. He's very young. Oh, I'm way young. <laughs> I'm way younger than him. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, it is funny to see Tepper basically completely 180, go the mm-hmm. total opposite direction, and he's getting praise for it. Like he's he's putting together a really good staff. He and Fitter are putting together a really good staff. I mean, how can you argue this staff at this point? I mean, Frank Reich, who's been to the playoffs multiple years, who's mm-hmm. been in the league for multiple years, has, you know, and a lot of people don't blame him for the issue that occurred in Indianapolis. Granted, he never was able to develop a quarterback, but at the same time, they kept grabbing guys off the scrap heap slash, you know, retirement, AARP yeah. process. I mean, the, the, the luck retirement kind of caught him off guard right mm-hmm. and they were forced to go with what Bursette, i think that year mm-hmm. and then they just kind of grabbed old quarterbacks mm-hmm. <laughs> you know um he's gonna get to, to actually develop a quarterback this year i mean there there's no doubt in my mind they're gonna draft one in the first round uh whether it's i mean it feels like there. no there's no doubt in my mind no doubt i don't understand how they would not Right. Unless some, they could not trade up to get their guy, and they're stuck at nine, and that's the happen. that's the only scenario, right? Is as all four quarterbacks go before nine. Dude, I I personally think there's, <clears throat> but who is Levis or Richardson? Not your guy, or Richards? Not your guy. Levis. Yeah. Richardson is so. People love have, Levis, man. I, I, Some people I love Levis. Not. Some people love Levis. At least, at least Richardson, which I see the question marks in my early things. Levis has been starting for a long time. Richardson only got one year. Yeah. So, and he improved but throughout he's, the year. And so, he's an athletic monster. Like, he's just it, amazing. Levis is athletic. Yeah. But, but he didn't seem to improve this year. It was like no, he back. I think he backslid some, and in fact, a lot of exa- people are. I'm saying they're they're basing their evaluation on his 2021 tape because his 2022 and, and, tape just didn't look good. Well, I mean, <laughs> so I don't know what that says. <laughs> hey, one time in high school, I played really <laughs> great. <laughs> Watch that tape yeah. and dra- draft me in the NBA. No, I mean, <clears throat> that doesn't matter. Yeah, you got to look at the whole thing. It's going to be interesting to see. I think Bryce Young, and I, I really think C.J. Stroud's the guy. I think I so, think, too. I, I think, think so the too. way that they've talked, and it sounds like Frank Reich doesn't like short quarterbacks, which... Hey, 
I, I, th- I think you have to have a special ability as a short quarterback, like Drew Brees, like mm-hmm. to succeed in the NFL. I don't know if Frank Reich thinks that that Bryce Young has that. Which and he may. At the t- he may. Hey, they may I mean, just he, not want to trade up to one. Talented. They may not want to trade Correct. up to one, right? And you feel like that's where Young is going. But there's a lot of time between now and the draft. The, the combine's still going to happen, and you're going to have guys going up the board. You're going to have guys fall. falling down the board. I mean, Richards could end up being a second-round pick, and you know, Levis could be the number one pick. Like it, it who knows? You know, things. Hendon Hooker. You Hinden never Hooker. know where yeah. that guy. He could... I mean, he's an older quarterback. I mean, twenty-five old, but he is old. I mean, you know, you're looking but at young and the, that Stroud, guy, man. He was looking special in college earlier this year, like yeah. hitting everything, wide open receivers. But there's a lot oh, of sorry. time left. We're we're talking about defensive coordinators. Sorry, <laughs> no. <laughs> No, I think we're. I think we've completed that discussion. Um, all right. Well, you'll take a quick break, and then we'll come back, and we've got a mailbag. So we've got a question oh, for the yes. mailbag, and we'll talk about that, and and then we'll wrap it up. So we'll be right back. And we are back. All right. We've got a mailbag from Luke R. <coughs> Excuse me. Mailbag question from Luke R. Uh, hey, Mail Mix. Thanks so much for reading my email. You're welcome. Uh, you do an excellent job with the podcast. Thank you. We appreciate it very much. I know there's been some talk over the last year or two about the Panthers getting a new stadium. I want to get your opinion on when and if it might happen and what it might look like. Thank you for your time. Uh, so, yeah, this has been since David Tepper got uh, or bought the team. This has been kind of a point of discussion for Panthers fans. What is a new stadium going to look like? You know, this stadium mm-hmm. is what going on thirty years old now. Yeah, uh, one of the older, there. yeah, one of the older stadiums in the league. Um, I would expect, you know, the win probably within the next five years we're going to hear about plans for a new stadium. Yeah, I was trying to really quickly. I know whenever they like did the big upgrades that they had, they signed a new lease, but I don't know when exactly that ends. Um, I was trying to look that yeah. up real quick while we were I think it was like talking. six years or something, or ten years maybe when they signed. I don't know, but it's coming up, right? I mean, the the it's like 2025 or something. It's coming up. Um, I wouldn't expect, obviously, a new stadium's not going to be built by 2025. No. Um, no. but I would expect, I think within the next ten years we'll have a new stadium. And within the next five years, we're going to hear about the plans for the new stadium. Where is it so going to be? Two, no idea. Go ahead. In 2004, uh, Charlotte-based financial services company Bank of America purchased the naming rights. Uh, for that, that's that's not what rights. you're looking I for. I apologize. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's not look for that anymore because we know that we know there's a lease. We know it's coming up probably within the next five years or so. Um, what do you think the next stadium is going to look like? You think it's, it's it'll be open air, right? Open air because David Tepper has said that now that he lives here, he understands why it's open air, and he'll probably continue to keep mm-hmm. it that way. I mean, the only reason to do a, a dome would be to try to get a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that Charlotte has the infrastructure 
for a Super Bowl. I think it could. I, but I also think that the Giants-Jets stadium got a Super Bowl, and it's open air in New York in February. True, true. So I think, I mean, unfortunately, as much as this hurts Charlotte's taxpayers, the billion-dollar stadium that will be built will do that. And let's not kid ourselves. David Tepper is a businessman. He's pulled mm-hmm. that off with Rock Hill. He's pulled it off in business multiple times. And I personally feel that Rock Hill was just not only a bluff, <clears throat> but it's a way of showing Charlotte, hey, if you don't give me what I want, if you start playing these little games after we made an agreement, I'm out. Yeah. I will move this team. I will move the soccer team. I'm sure I don't think he I don't think that was his plan. I don't either. But I agree but with I, you that 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 his actions Charlotte the Charlotte City leaders and North Carolina leaders that make this decision of how much money to give him, that's something they're going to have to think about hard. Mhm. Because you've seen that Tepper will pull the plug. He will I mean now with a stadium is very different. Right, but that was a big deal down there. That was what oh, no. almost almost a billion dollar practice facility he was building. Correct. You know, that... and, and and to be fair, they had an agreement, mm-hmm. and then Rock Hill politicians got involved and started reneging on their their agreement, and that's when the plug was pulled. Yeah, I don't think you can agree to with him. And then try to renegotiate afterwards. It's not going to work. Yeah. Which is a bummer. Because I was really looking yeah. forward to, to going over to that place. And watching training camp and stuff. Much closer yeah, than flipping Wofford. But, Wofford's yeah. in the hot sun. Yeah. Maybe they would actually add some shade or something. Yeah. Yeah. It looked like or it was going to be nice, experience. a nice place. But yeah. I mean. I would, I would look at the new stadiums. You know. The. Uh, the Raiders Stadium, the Rams Chargers Stadium. I mean, those are both enclosed. Mm-hmm. Um, but just that type of technology, you know, the money that was involved, I feel like we're going to see that type of investment here whenever that stadium is built. It, look at the Dirty Birds. I, I take calling them yeah, another dome, but they have. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a dome that has an opening. That's what I said. Would you do you think there's a retractable roof option for Tepper? I mean, that that would kind of solve some problems because you could have Final Fours, you could have all kinds of stuff. Final Fours, all his concerts that you know didn't exist here in Charlotte until he came. We never had music before he came here. No, I mean it was a great invention by David Tepper. (laughs) I have headphones now, and I never knew what to use them for. Yeah. Yeah, you just thought they were like to warm your ears. I know. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to a new stadium because, you know, some of the, these really newer stadiums are super nice. I mean, it makes you want to go to a game just to experience the stadium. You know, I've been to Dallas's stadium, and it's it's a different experience, honestly. It is a different experience watching a game there than watching a game here. It just is. I haven't gone to one of those fancy stadiums. I've been to Raymond James, which mm-hmm. is really fun. I do like the atmosphere at Raymond James, 
because they have the boat. Yeah. Besides the boat, they have little shanties as shops and stuff like mm-hmm. that that, you know, sell hot dogs. Themes, and yeah. But it's really kind of a atmosphere-style thing. Granted, I went there more towards college games, but USF Bulls. And mm-hmm. then I went to Jacksonville, and Jacksonville is an older stadium that is very similar to is ours. There. Very similar to no, ours. I, no, I felt like when I walked through there, that, that place felt older and crepid. But it is about but, the same age as ours. Yeah, but it it did not feel as nice. Like, even to this day, I know that I'm more partial to the Panthers, but when I walked through that Jacksonville, it just felt felt like, like like Jacksonville the city. Kind of, yes. Yeah. I <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When um, you're walking through the concourse, you might find a needle. I don't know. <laughs> Well, we know Tepper's going to spend money, right? We know he's going to want the best. He's going to want state of the art. He's going to want um he's going to want top of the line. And yeah. That's going to be nice to see how much is it going to cost taxpayers? Who knows? Who knows? But mm. it'd be nice if he just pay for it himself. Nah, he won't do, he that. Won't do that. He's a businessman. He won't do that. But uh all right, well, thanks for the uh email. If you anybody else wants to Ask us a question and hear our answers on the podcast. Just shoot us an email, mailbag at meowmixpodcast.com. Shoot us a, a Twitter message at meowmixpodcast. Uh, comment on YouTube. What other yeah. ways can they get us? Uh, smoke signals. Send Jerry a, uh, a letter in the mail. Here's his address. No, uh, let's not <laughs> uh, Yeah, there's plenty of ways to get at us, though, so... Please do. We love we love talking about the uh, mailbags whenever we get them. Yeah, no, so it was great. a good question, and it's now has been me a little nervous <clears throat> that the team's going to move again. But <laughs> anytime you start talking <laughs> new stadium, that's the that's always the concern. What if they? What if the city doesn't pony up? What's he going to do? It, it, but here's the thing: is like financially, stadiums are not a good investment for cities. Yeah, I mean, but having an NFL team is so. You know, and if he can build a stadium to get a Super Bowl here, that's a big, that's a huge amount of money coming I, in. I was in Tampa when they, I lived in Tampa when they had a Super Bowl. And mm-hmm. yes, it is, it brings, not the city to a halt, but it is such an oh, atmosphere yeah, and stuff. It's a massive event. And just, I mean, you know, you you get everything that comes along with it, right? You yeah. get the airtime, you get people... Going to the local restaurants and, you know, it's I mean, it's just a huge boon to the city. I knew people who live pretty close to the stadium were renting out their house for that week yeah. for basically six months worth of mortgage. Yeah. Payments. They're like, I, I went to a hotel in Orlando <laughs> for a week and I got everything paid for and my mortgage was paid for five extra months. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm good. I mean, it's uh, it's something. So I mean, but I mean, your t- final fours as well. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's lots of benefits to having a nice stadium that has the option to be enclosed, right? Yeah, I mean, the Mayo Bulls here for till 2030. I yeah. think I read. So thank you. All right, we got that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jerry. I think that's gonna do it. All right, we want to thank everyone for listening. If you like the show, please let your friends know. Please follow us on Twitter at Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, you can email us at 
mailbag at meowmixpodcast.com. And if you have any questions, or leave us a five-star review with a comment on Apple Podcasts. We'll read it on the show. Please like and subscribe on YouTube. Uh, we'll be back uh, sometime, probably within the next week, week oh, and a half. Whoop. Oh, Super Bowl predictions. Ah, Super Bowl predictions. Um, I'm going uh, KC, 24, Philly, 23. I'm going KC as well. I'm going to say 32 to 24. I think it's going to be a fun game. I do too, man. I'm so I'm look, excited. I'm really for looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, we'll be back uh, sometime after the Super Bowl. And uh, we'll talk probably new OC and whatever else is going on. Until then, everybody stay safe out there. Enjoy the weekend. Keep pounding. Ah!